Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Joined now on the programme by Stuart Clark, uh, Deputy Editor of Hot Press. Good morning to you, Stuart. Good morning. What a great choice of song. Yeah, and the words of it, she really put her life into her songs, didn't she? She really did. I was just reflecting with somebody here that, in essence, she was a protest singer rather than a pop star. She became a pop star. But, you know, like Dylan, she was on a journey. She had truths. And by Joe, she spoke them. Yeah. What sort of an influence can you um, say that she had on the music industry? Well, I think massive. It's interesting looking at the tributes, which really are heartfelt and quite detailed because, you know, people were touched by her and had their own stories. They go from Jedward to to Ice-T. And it's interesting, actually, she was held in very high esteem in the hip-hop community. People like, you know, Public Enemy thought she was the business. I I was very, very lucky, actually, Gillian, in 1999, we had Dr. Nina Simone come in for the Hot Press uh, Hall of Fame. We uh, inducted her. And, of course, who better to present the award than Sinead O'Connor? And afterwards, Sinead went up and sort of, like, bowed. Nina said, hey, girl, don't be bowing at me. I should be bowing at you. You're kind of going, Dr. Nina Simone, who went through the 60s, civil rights activist, thinks you're doing a good job, then you're doing a good job. And, um, you know, that, that's a moment I'm sort of clinging on to now uh, in amongst the, 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 the despair, really. It, it, it's, uh, it's hit me quite hard. I, I wouldn't say I was a friend of Sinead's, but I, I would have checked in with her as a journalist and interviewed her on, on multiple occasions. And when she was on form, she was magnificent. She would light up a room. Uh, she was wickedly funny. She had a whole collection of uh, off-colour jokes, including one about the Archbishop of Canterbury, which I can't tell you. <laughs> um, but when, when she did tell you these jokes... Her, her body would convulse. She sort of cackled like a witch and her whole face would light up in this beaming smile. You know, she kind of lived life to the full and that side maybe gets a little bit lost. She was a very, very funny and a good person to hang around. Her most infamous moment, tearing up the picture of Pope John Paul II on Saturday Night Live back in 1992. Some would describe that as having jeopardised her career, potentially ruined her career. But... It was almost like performance art. Do you think, you know, we miss it was widely misinterpreted? And what impact do you think it had on her career? I think if I remember back to when she arrived on the scene in 1987, first of all, I'd heard nothing like her. It was like hearing Bowie singing Starman or something. You know, Mandinka was from another planet. Um, it was a very male-dominated society. Culturally, men ruled the roost. There were some great singers, don't get me wrong, and they weren't all pop stars. There was artists of substance like Mary Black or or, or Gay Woods. But nobody had had something so important to say and had that determination to say it, despite, as you say, that in many, many instances it was detrimental to her career. Um, When she tore up the picture of the Pope, to me it was pretty clear what she was saying, this may sound harsh, but if anybody was offended, they probably deserved to be offended because they were turning a blind eye to what was going on. And even in the 80s, it improved immeasurably, but still a lot of that clerical abuse and abuse within the family home was still whispered and not addressed and not talked about. And certainly the victims and survivors had not been given a voice 
compensated, given an apology. So there was a battle that had to be fought and still needs to be fought. But she was the one who was brave enough to, you know, jeopardize her career and her personal safety. You start saying stuff like that and you do become a target. Um, and we saw Frank Sinatra boorishly saying he's going to kick her ass. Luckily, it was Chris Christopherson to give her a hug. But, you know, it, 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 it killed her career in, in, in the States. It never recovered. But, you know, she just felt it was absolutely worth it because, like I say, she wasn't a pop star. She was a protest singer. Some people described her as an attention seeker. I think, you know, having read her book, I think attention was often the last thing she actually wanted. I'm glad you mentioned rememberings because you you really get a sense. She was at times reduced to an almost cartoon character. Um, People would poke fun. Uh, It's not really the time and place, I think, today to reflect too much on her mental health, but it it was so instrumental and explains why the career was stop-start. She was bipolar and she talked very openly about it. Uh, I think it was being her being unvarnished. Um, I don't think she was looking for attention, not not in, in that classic sense. And, um, you know, some of the newspapers eulogising her today should have a good, long, hard look in the mirror because some of them weren't very kind to her when she was alive. Okay. Well, Stuart Clark, uh, Deputy Editor of Hot Press, thank you for sharing your memories of Sinead with us today. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live.